done for this episode. Let's talk about the NBA. There is so much good basketball happening right now, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, so many good series, interesting storylines right here. We're going to talk about as many as we can, but I think in the format that we're going to uh, use for that is going to be, I'm going to give a few takes about what I've seen so far, and Sam is going to give a few takes about what he's seen so far. So let me just give you, well, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do an update on the series because we're filming this Wednesday, and by the time Friday comes around, these are all going to be, uh, these are all going yeah. to be different. So, so we're filming this on Wednesday, just a, just a warning. So we're going to try to get this out maybe late Thursday night, Friday morning. So hopefully it'll still be semi-relevant at the time. So <clears throat> first thing, I'll start with uh, my first take. And I'm going to go back to game one of the Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Memphis Grizzlies and mm-hmm. the whole the whole dynamic between Anthony Edwards and John Morant, these two guys are, they, what, after watching that first game, and especially after the second game when the Grizzlies uh, blew out the Timberwolves, the only thought that kept coming back to me was this is going to be a rivalry in the Western Conference going forward that is going to be so much fun to watch. The Anthony Edwards versus John Morant um, rivalry. I think that is going to be one of the, Great matchups in the NBA going forward. Anthony Edwards went for 36 points in his technically his playoff debut, even though they had the play in tournament. But he had 36 points. It technically doesn't count, but mm-hmm. yeah, he had 36 points, six, six, six assists, and two rebounds. John Morant that game had 32 points, eight assists, and four rebounds. And let me pull up quickly the game two stats. Um, real quick I know that Anthony Edwards didn't have as big of a game Mm -hmm. but he still ended up having right here 20 points one assist six rebounds and then jaw went for 23 points 10 assists and nine rebounds I don't know how good the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be going forward I think the Grizzlies long term are going to be better Mm -hmm. but the any time that those two teams go up against each other, having Anthony Edwards and John Morant on the floor together is going to be must see TV, and that is so far what I have pulled from that series as one of my takes uh, for the, just the playoffs in general. Is that that is something to watch out for going forward in the NBA because they are going to be a blast to watch. Yeah, two teams that are sort of in the same stage of where they're both young in that like team cycle right and they're both like sort of the same uh, Anthony Edwards came out a year after John Morant so both their stars are sort of in the same spot and they both have like ancillary pieces sprinkled in I think Memphis overall is definitely a better team um, than the Minnesota is and I think that's what's really hampering this series and I think John Morant overall is better than Anthony Edwards is right now and I think that's sort of the clear case I think I think I look for Memphis really to control this series but going forward it's really going to be a question of what can Minnesota do to build around Anthony Edwards because we've seen Memphis be able to get pieces around jaw it's really going to be evident to see it for the future what Minnesota does with Anthony Edwards and really supporting him mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure all right give me your first take um I think the biggest thing is especially after Devin Booker goes down with a hamstring injury. It's looking like he's reported to miss game three and four. Yes. How interesting, does that make the Suns versus Pelicans maybe the most interesting series 
for this first round. Can the Pelicans sneak away and get one or two more wins while Book is out? I mean, I don't know. I would think I would think not just because of the sheer firepower that the Suns have. I mean, I think from top to bottom, their roster just is just is so much better. I mean, if we're just going through their what do you like? What <laughs> they're just so much better. <laughs> the Pelicans yeah, are a mean, G League team compared to this team. I mean, <laughs> no, but I, I really, I really do. I mean, I know they're a playoff no, team, no. but I mean, think about the Suns had the best record in the NBA by mm-hmm. I think eight games. And oh, by a landslide. Yeah, but and the Pelicans were a, a playing team by so all accounts, the Suns are much better mm-hmm. than the Pelicans. I mean, with but Bridges a, and Crowder and Aiton, uh, Cameron when Johnson, you take, Payne, when you take D book out. That's a perfect storm, and especially with how well the Pelicans have played to get into this turn to get into the playoffs, and with how well Brandon Ingram, it's almost like Brandon Ingram is breaking out before our eyes in this new playoff stage with the help of CJ McCollum, who's playing at a high level. Like, is this the perfect storm for the Pelicans to maybe upset Phoenix? I don't think so, and I think it's just because I'm believing in the machine that Phoenix was this year that they're going to find a way to maybe adjust their offensive philosophy um, to, you know, a company book not being there. I still think the Suns win this series. Do I think they sweep the series like I thought they were going to? Well, obviously not. No, because the Pelicans (laughs) uh, won a game. And I do think that the Pelicans – so it's going back to New Orleans. I would guess that they split. And then if book – comes back for games i think they'll be fine after that um Mm. so that would be that would be my prediction but i also especially if booker does miss game four it's going to be interesting because the pelicans if they're going to win this series they need to win game three it has to be game three um because then they would go into that second home game up one and I think that puts an immense amount of pressure on Phoenix. So I think if they win this series, it has to be on Friday. Okay. If they lose, then I I don't I don't see it happening. I think their only chance is to win Game Three. And if they don't, then I would put their chances as slim to none. And who do you think the favorite is to really pick up the slack for Devin Booker's absence? For Phoenix, is it? Do you think it comes from Mikel Bridges? Do you think it comes from Aiton? Does CP3 I think just give a Herculean effort at his age to really pick up that scoring slack? Well, CP3 in Game One had thirty points and ten assists, so maybe. Yeah, um, I think you. I think you're gonna have to get a little more contribution from Jay Crowder. Um, now he's not out there to score fifty points. <laughs> um, yeah. He's out there to play phenomenal defense, um, which he's very good at. Um, so I think you're going to have to get at least 10, 12 points from Jay Crowder. I think you're definitely going to need at least a 2010 game from DeAndre Ayton. Um, Chris mm-hmm. Paul's going to have to play well. I mean, as I'm saying that everybody's going to have to play well. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those it's, things where you're losing such a big piece of your offense. Like everybody is going to have to pick up some slack. So yeah, Chris Paul is going to have to have like a, you know, like an 18, 12 type game. 
Um, Aiden's going to have to have a 20-10 game. Crowder's going to need to get double-digit points. And Bridges, I mean, he had 19 points the other night. He's going to have to do the same sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Johnson and Payne are going to have to pick up some slack. JaVale McGee had 10 points the other night. You're going to need that from him um, mm-hmm. as well. So everybody, I mean, Book is such a big piece that you're going to need a lot of people to help build that for. No, I think that's definitely fair to say with how – like big of a role he had and so he was such a major I think he was the main cog of that team um, and this is all sort of hinging on the fact that the Pelicans continue to play that yes. well like they did in game two which is not a guarantee mm-hmm. I just hope it's interesting I think that that injury sort of perked my ears a little bit and was like oh okay definitely maybe definitely. maybe this will be a little interesting Definitely. No, I agree with you. And it'll be something to uh, keep an eye out for. Um, All right. My take, my second take through the playoffs, the first round um, through Wednesday of this week. So what is today? The 20th? Today is the 20th. Mm -hmm. Um, The best team that I have watched so far from top to bottom has been the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors to me have been the best team in the playoffs. Um, And maybe that's because of Jordan Poole, I don't know, but have you, piece of it. have you heard the nickname that's going around with the new and improved Golden State Warrior death lineup? No. Um, so their new death lineup is, and their death lineup is that small ball that they run, but their new death lineup is including Poole. So it's Steph, Poole, Clay, uh, Draymond, and uh, Wiggins. So when they go that small, but with the addition of Poole, it's Draymond, Clay, Steph, um, yeah, Draymond, Poole, Clay, and Steph. The nickname going around for them is PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I saw that earlier today. So the Warriors, I think one of the things that one of the things that has gotten undersold maybe with the Warriors over the years is just how good they've been defensively. The Warriors are a very good team defensive. um, They're a very good defensive team as a whole. Uh, Clay Thompson has always been a great perimeter defender. We know about Draymond Green as well. Um, and I think it maybe gets overshadowed because of their, you know, paralysis on offense with Steph and Clay and hell, even Draymond and now Poole and Andrew Wiggins, all these guys. I mean, they're the splash brothers. We know that. Um, but if I'm just taking into account everything, not just their offense and not just their defense, but how they've been passing. Uh, the ball, their coaching as well. I just think that the Golden State Warriors so far have been the best team overall, offensively, defensively, just encompassing everything. And I really do think that, especially, I mean, who knows what the long-term health, and this goes back to what you were saying, of Devin Booker is going to be throughout these playoffs. I mean, hamstrings, hamstrings are one that, I mean, they can nag. They really, they really can't nag with you for a while. Um, so who knows what his health is going to be long-term throughout these playoffs. And this is operating under the assumption that the Suns get through the first round. But I mean, it is not a stretch in my opinion to say that right now the Warriors are the best team in the West and they very easily could come out of the Western conference as uh, the Western conference champion and uh, represent the West in the NBA uh, finals. So how, I think it's fair to say after the first two games that we've all just seen after the first two, season, yeah. I think it's definitely when you're getting 29 a game from Jordan Poole, a player that isn't your Steph, isn't your Clay, 
isn't your Wiggins, who was an all-star this year, and isn't Draymond. Like, this is your fifth option, and he's giving you 29 a game. Yeah, that's going to definitely strengthen that team and give that team a whole different level. Is it sustainable for this playoffs? I, I don't think, he's think so. Turned into their, I think he's turned into their third option now. <laughs> he's probably their second, because I think he's definitely playing a lot better than Clay has for this year. That's fair to say. And he's attempting, I think, more shots. I think what he had 30 in game one and 29 in game two. Yeah. Something of that nature. I think it was 30 and then 29. Yeah. Clay's still attempting more per game, but still, I mean, you're getting superstar level production from a guy that you're not really expecting that from, or you're not really planning that for. So that's just like gravy. Yeah. Maybe it was something. I mean, Maybe you weren't expecting it, but maybe this is what he's going to be for the team. You never know. You never know. So yeah, you know, uh, Denver definitely didn't see this coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're telling me like, Steph's going to be out for game one? I was about to say. I was about to say. So, but yeah, I mean, this is early. This is early reactions. Only two games have been played in this series, and you know, very few NBA playoff games have been played. But just through two games. I would say that the Warriors are so far the best team in the Western Conference. Is probably I would pick the best team uh, in the NBA right now from top to bottom. So, all right, hit me with your uh, second take. I've got one more. So, piggybacking off of that, I think Miami has definitely shown that they're the best team in the East, and okay. Jimmy Butler is playing like maybe the best player in the playoffs so far. His performance the other night was magical. But I think they're going to lose in the next round to Philly. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Philly Is that right now up 2-0 against the Raptors? And they're currently, again, we're recording this on Wednesday the 20th. They're losing um, to the Raptors right now. But so I, th- I, I don't say, think they have any trouble in, that, in the rest of this series. I was going to say, are you picking that because – of your confidence in Philly or your lack thereof in Miami? Oh, it's definitely a combination of both. And I think that's the cop out answer, but I think it's also a matchups thing. Bam has definitely come out and said that and rightfully. So he is one of the best defenders in the NBA, especially as a big yeah. man where you can guard all five, but there's really no answer for Joel Embiid. Like there is zero answer in guarding that guy. I think he just poses Miami such a problem uh, again, it comes down to the same questions I have with Jordan Poole. Is what Jimmy Butler doing right now sustainable for the Miami Heat? Where he's giving you 45. I don't know if that's sustainable. And they really need all that to beat Philly. Right. Um, I don't know. I... So I am right now, I'm pulling up um, the defensive ratings for each team Mm -hmm. uh, this season. And so right now I'm going to, this is just, this is courtesy of a website called lineups.com. Right now, actually my, so here's the reason why I would say that Miami might be able to give – well, I'm not even going to say might because I was going to pick Miami in the second round over Philly. 
Um, the Miami Heat are have been our third in the NBA in points allowed um, this season, mm-hmm. and they're also seventh in rebounds allowed, fourth in offensive rebounds allowed, third in assists allowed, third in steals. Um, I mean, going across the board, they're like top ten, top five in every defensive uh, category. So <clears throat> I really think that with the combination of how well they've been playing on defense, plus Jimmy Butler, plus Bam, you have Hero coming off the bench, Duncan Robinson as well. I think they're just – I don't know. I think the Heat – and it stinks because my point was going to be about the bracket and the draw that each team took. Um, but I think Miami benefited from where everybody ended up because I do think that they're going to make the conference finals. I think that they're going to have no problem with Atlanta. I think they're going to sweep them. And then I truly believe that they're going to beat Philly based on how well they've been playing on offense and the fact that their defense is, they're just so good on defense. Yeah, they definitely look really good against Atlanta. I'll give you that. But I think Philly just gives you so many more options on offense than Atlanta poses right now. Maybe. And maybe that's because of Maxi now. Maxi's been blown up. But I, again, if I'm going to be fair and we're going to call out Jordan Poole, then the fact that Tyrese Maxi is averaging yeah. 30 points in two games, you cannot bank on that. There is no way. It's probably closer to 15 to 20 than actually that 30 mark. But Tobias Harris giving you 23, it's probably closer to that 20 mark. It still shows that he's playing well right now. Joel giving you 25, he's probably good for 35 when the lights get a little brighter. And James, hopefully he can find something because that's the big question. Who's going to guard Harden? Who's going to guard Tobias? And you're still going to have Embiid eating. Like there's just so many pieces on this team that can really get after that defense and it's yeah. to your credit Miami is one of the best probably the best defensive team in the NBA right now maybe Milwaukee but I know it, I I think uh Boston uh, was the best defensive team oh because uh um, Marcus Smart <clears throat> yeah one defensive player of the year yeah Boston uh, I think overall has been the best defensive team in the league I believe they statistically were um which is actually I'm glad that you brought up um I'm glad that our conversation took us there because that was actually going to be what my last take was. It was going to be about the bracket because I'm watching, I watched the Boston Celtics game and the Nets game, which I think has been maybe the most compelling series so far. Um, And as of right now, they they are currently playing right now as we're filming. It is 90 to 85 uh, heading into the fourth quarter. It's a shame to me that uh, Boston and Milwaukee ended up on the same side of the bracket. Uh, I mean, that was always going to happen if it was a two and three, but uh, it's just a shame that those two teams ended up on that side because I do think that those two teams, I think that both of those teams beat Miami. If they're on, if they're on Miami side of the bracket, I would pick Milwaukee and I would pick Boston to beat Miami. Um, and I do, it's tough because Brooklyn right now is such a gamble because when they're playing well, no one can if, beat them. No one can. <laughs> if, they, if if every team in the NBA plays their best, then I don't know if a team would beat Brooklyn. But they haven't really done that yet, and there's no reason. There's no history that you can call back on to say that. Oh yes, they're going to because they have before. 
they haven't, so there's no reason to assume that they will yet. Um, so I really think that Boston and Milwaukee are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. And the fact that they're going to meet up, and I'm saying this because I'm assuming that Boston wins the series against Brooklyn after watching the two games, I'm not so sure that they won't. I'm also not going to sit here and say that uh, Brooklyn isn't going to like uh, that. That series to me is a total coin flip is a total coin flip. And that's more of me giving the benefit, the benefit of the doubt to Kevin Durant and Tyree Irving because Boston is the better team, but those two guys together is just, it's hard to, it's hard to discount them. But yeah, if only I had Ben Simmons playing. <laughs> yeah. If well, they got so- something for that trade. Yes, I mean, but even even the fact that let's say Boston loses and Brooklyn ends up um, mm-hmm. Brooklyn ends up moving on and they meet Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee beats them, um, and that would have been a cool series to see in the Eastern Conference Finals. What everybody is crossing their fingers for, I'm assuming, is that Philly and Brooklyn meet up in the Eastern Conference Finals. From a drama perspective, that would be the most uh, entertaining. But I do think that the three best teams in the Eastern Conference right now, um, or three of, I should say, because I don't want to take Miami out of that conversation, but three of the best teams in the Eastern Conference right now are all on the same side of the bracket. Um, So it's a shame that we're going to end up seeing either Milwaukee and Boston or Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the second round, because that would have been a great third round series. Hey, what what about Chicago? No, they're gonna lose. That's more. That's more. That's not an indictment on Chicago. That's more of the fact that the Bucks are just that good. Hey, sure, I had a great year this year. They could beat the they Bucks. They did. No, they can't. <laughs> not in my opinion. In my opinion. In my opinion. In my opinion. With with how well Kyrie Irving is playing, because we know what Kevin Durant's gonna do, but the fact that Kyrie is playing at and has been playing at this high of high level for this whole year. I think Brooklyn's going to beat Boston. It wouldn't shock me. And Boston is undoubtedly a title contender this year, and they they might yeah. lose in the first round. Yeah, yeah. It whichever team wins that series, be like makes sense because <laughs> either Boston being as good of a team as they are is going to prevail. Or Brooklyn having those two superstars is going to come out of it. So it's like I could see a very convincing argument for both sides. So. Come down hypothetical lane here for me. Okay. If the Nets were to beat Boston this first series, it has to be a six to seven game series. Yes. They would so then go and so. face Milwaukee, not having home court, probably going to be another six to seven game series. If they were to get through that, to then probably face Miami – or a little grudge match with the Sixers, another long series. Is that maybe the hardest road to the NBA championship we've seen in a while? I don't want to go in ever. Yeah, I'm not going to say ever, but in a while. Yeah, that's a rough, that's a rough draw because Boston for at least the probably the second half of the season was either the best or one of the best teams in the NBA. Milwaukee is the defending champions. They're third. They're third for a reason. They're defending mm-hmm. champs for a reason. Philly's got two superstars on their team, and Miami's the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Like so, they could go two, three, one. But here's way. the thing: they deserve it. They deserve to get that hard road. Like with every, with all the drama that they've had, and um, and the whole, you know, people 
I mean, everything surrounding the Brooklyn Nets so far with the drama of the non-vaccination status and the Ben Simmons thing and the James Harden incident and the whole not taking the regular season seriously and going to turn it on in the playoffs thing. Like, this is what you get. <laughs> um, you get Boston and you get Milwaukee and you get Miami. And if you get through all of those, then you definitely deserve to win the title. But if you don't want that draw, then take the regular season a little more seriously. <laughs> or this just says the Eastern Conference is – there's no easy road to the Eastern Conference. Even if they're the one seed, there's Maybe no not. easy road. Maybe not. So, I, I mean, let's let's put Brooklyn as the seventh seed in the West. They'd start with Memphis, get Golden State, and then probably get Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> five that might be worse. I think Boston Boston's better than Memphis. I think Boston is better than Memphis. Yeah, but I don't know. I think Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's better than the Golden State. Maybe. Maybe. But it'll be interesting to see what happens regardless. What is your third and final take? Do you have one? No, I mean, we were just talking. Um, I guess my third and final take is who cares? Does anyone care about the Dallas-Utah series? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't haven't watched watched any of that series yet. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. People in Dallas do. Donovan Mitchell apparently is playing super well. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's great. Um, The fact that Utah – with Luka out, Utah should be winning these games by, like, 20 points. The fact that they're not is a little bit um, concerning. So, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. All right, so that'll wrap up our episode. Uh, It'll be 129. Uh, Split up this episode uh, into two parts. You have the NFL Debo Samuels talk, then you have the NBA talk. So whichever segment you want to listen to, uh, listen to both. They're both good, but whichever one you want to listen to, uh, they'll both be available for you to listen to. So um, thank you all so much for joining us for episode 129. We hope you are enjoying the new format, the new style. Um, Certainly been fun for us. So, Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. The Northman is coming out on Thursday. I'm going to go see it on Thursday. I'll have a review for the next uh, for the next episode. I don't know why Sham, Sam is shaking his head. That's the dumbest reaction I've ever seen to an awesome movie. In, I'm not interested in that movie. At all, really? For somebody who likes, who's somebody who loved The Last Kingdom. That trailer just came up for me. Maybe they're just like marketing it differently than what it actually is. Because that sometimes does happen, but um i just it doesn't seem i'm not i'm just not into it that's crazy for somebody who likes the last kingdom as much as you and i do that's right in the same ballpark dude has was it just like a trend the last couple years every single studio has to come out with a vikings slash medieval time thing it's a game of thrones like trend when game of thrones has a new series coming out as well so (laughs) Oh, quick review for you. Everything, everywhere, all at once. 8.7 out of 10. That was a great movie to watch. If you um, 
if you want to go watch a movie that has some good action sequences, is very funny and has a very interesting and new, like we've seen multiverse stuff, especially in Marvel. This was a very different take on it and it worked. I really liked it. Um, it was it was a very fun watch. So if you find yourself with nothing to do this weekend and everything everywhere all at once is still in theaters, definitely, definitely worth the uh, price of admission. So, um, all right. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you all next week. Hey, you have a wonderful weekend. You too. No, wait. Yeah, you too. No, you're, you, you. <laughs> there you go.